0: Yeah, I wasn't planning on commenting on this verse though, but it 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 really is very sobering and it makes, you know, when we read our bibles I always like to, you know, when I read my bible I'm always asking the question, am I the fool of the story, right? You're like, don't live like fools. You know, it's like, yeah, all you guys ought to stop living like fools. I always I'm not that way. When I read my bible I'm I'm Have to ask my question: The question, "Am I the fool? Uh, You know, am I being careful how I live?" I mean, it's very sobering because Christians are not like everybody else. We can't be like everybody else, right? Well, it's not just that; it's that our lives are dedicated to honoring God and God alone. God is it. He's the He's the one that we are aimed at all the time. And anything less, we can't live like the world. And yet, the world sucks us in day by day and is like, come, you know, I always uh, remember, you know, Joseph, you know, it says, day after day, you know, Potiphar's wife would say, come lie with me, come lie with me, come lie with me. That's the spirit of the world is saying, come on, you know, you can do this. And there was no law against adultery at the time, but he said, it is not right that I would do this. You know, before God, because he was living his life before God, not before anything else. He wasn't trying to like, oh, you know, can I get away with this? You know, you know, can Christians drink? Can Christians gamble? You know, you know, what can Christians do? That's the wrong question. The great question is, how can I live my life in such a way that I am careful, not wasting this day, this moment, this opportunity? Uh, Don't live like fools. But live like those who are wise. We're given the Holy Spirit to make us wise, you know. As as Richard was saying, the Holy Spirit comes and says, "Really?" Uh, but if we don't listen, if we stop listening, we stop obeying. Then all of a sudden, that that voice gets lower and lower and lower and lower, and the other one gets amplified. And the next thing you know, you're like, "Hey, I'm just like the world." Yeah, you know, heck with that guy. Instead of living like Jesus uh, in the world. Uh, Then making the most of opportunity in the evil days. How many know we're in an evil day? Huh? We're in the evil, evil day. We're in the double, double, evil, evil day. (laughs) If you're not aware that we're living in an evil time, uh, you're not aware. I mean, anyway, uh, this is a constant meditation of mine is where are we? Uh, which I don't get lost in where we are in the return of Christ, but where are we in the kingdom expansion of the world? Because it says that the gospel will be preached to all people, and then he will come. And so when we see the evil day coming, that means "Ah," it's on us to be filled with the Spirit so we can take every opportunity because people are lost, and it's up to us to be able to share the good news with them because nobody else has any good news to share with them. Right? And if we go, nah, it's just it's just a regular day. It's not a regular day. It's an evil day. And evil is trying to, I mean, you know, here's Satan's plan. You ready? Kill, steal, destroy. <laughs> like, oh, that's not, a, you know, that's his plan. What's Jesus' plan? To give life and that more abundantly. Right? And so, there, you know, we are, you know, mankind, is 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 the ground by which good and evil is you know this is where it all works out it works out in us we we'd like to say in the heavens but ultimately we are being challenged especially in these days i mean how many fears have you had in the last couple years and about what huh i mean you've you've had you know health fears you've had economic fears, for sure. You've had, you know, fears for your, for your family, fears of the future, you know. Fear, I mean, we've, we've got a lot of fears, right? But all of those have nothing to do with, with Christians. Uh, yet, uh, yesterday, once in a while, I'll, I'll listen to old old sermons, uh, like really old sermons. I was listening to this, uh, there's this a woman, her name's uh, Basilia Sch- Schlink, how many have you ever heard of Basilia Schlink? No, 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 no. She she was a she was a nun in the '40s, and uh, this was a great talk because she was she was talking about uh, the day they she stayed in Germany during World War Two, uh, and in 1945, her entire town, the convent she was living in, was completely destroyed, like blown up. And uh, they they weren't allowed to have Bible studies, but guess what they did? Bible studies. Uh, In fact, they'd been evangelizing the whole time, but then all of a sudden in one night, in just two hours, everything they owned was completely obliterated, completely decimated. There was nothing left, zero. Their whole life now was nothing. And she said it was the best thing that ever happened because then all they had was God. And they began to see, and she said, uh, they had actually gone on retreat after the bombing, and they were coming back, and the whole town was leaving. And they were going the other way, and and she was saying, they were asking, why are you going back? And she goes, because now we have an opportunity to be able to share the gospel. Why am I saying this? Because we're living in evil days. We haven't even seen evil days. I mean, our evil days are, I mean, our worst day, not so bad, right? Right? Maybe yet. We'll see. We'll see what, what, what happens from here. But Christians don't think the way non Christians think. Christians think, I will trust the Lord no matter what, right? And then, but non Christians think, you know, it's like, I've got to be like, just like the world. I've got to hedge my bets. I've got to make sure I'm okay. Um, so, you guys good? All right. So, don't act thoughtlessly. Don't cut your fingers off, <laughs> right? Which hap- which happens, right? People are thinking, <laughs> we're, we're not thinking, and and this this is, I think is is one of the biggest issues of our day, is that we're not we're we're still thinking like the world. We're still thinking about the future. We're still thinking about oh, you know how how can I basically how can I become secure? in the most insecure world instead of how can I make the greatest opportunities before God? All right. So don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. What does the Lord want you to do right now? When I read that, I'm like, oh, He wants me to do something? <laughs> what am I doing? What am I not doing that He wants me to do? Anybody? Anybody? You guys... Think about it. Because when we read our scriptures, it's like it says understand what the Lord wants you to do. So what's He want you to do? Love okay. We got, we can start making a list, right? It's like, He wants He wants me to, yeah. It's like, okay, love others. Okay, how am I going to do, you know, and then how am I going to do that practically? You, you know, when I'm going to start my circle. What you pray for guidance, yeah, right? And the scripture that is before this is, is Paul quoting the scripture. He says, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead. <laughs> He's talking to believers. He's like, you know, we can, we can act like dead people, people without, without thought. Um, but it's a good question to ask ourselves. <laughs> it's like, I, I need, Lord, I need to understand what you want me to do. And not just in the moment, but in, in the future. And part of it, again, it just goes back to saying, Lord, I want what you want. And all the other stuff in the world that's trying to cloud my mind, uh, I, I want to only do what you want me to do. So don't be drunk with wine. you know, I, I am sure if we had social media back when he was writing this, he, he would have made the list a little longer. He would have said, don't waste your time online. He would have, he would have said, don't waste your time watching the, the mainstream media. I mean, why would anybody ever cloud their minds with such foolishness anyway? They're all liars coming at us day by day. All of them, they're all owned. Do you know that all of the major networks are owned by six people who are not Christians? They hate God hate. Now, I'm not saying that there might be one guy on there, two guys, on, or something that you're like, well, that guy might get it. But why would you waste your time there when you got the word of God and you got the Holy Spirit of God going, what am I supposed to do? I want to understand what to do. But I'm too busy letting my brain dribble out of my head in front of some one dimensional machine. I know you're all thinking, but wait, the metaverse is here. Then I can be completely deceived in three dimensions and be completely put to sleep. i making any sense this morning. <laughs> so don't just get drunk with wine, but anything that's going to take you away from the purposes of God, you know, and we all, I mean, I'm with you. It's like, oh, man, I'm just tired. I think I just want to veg and, you know, just want to hit the, you know, hit the Netflix and, you know. Do a little binge watching, you know. But then I have to ask myself: understand what the Lord wants you to do. Maybe I should ask that before I turn before I turn something on. Okay, don't be drunk, because this will ruin your life. How many lives are ruined now? Seriously, I I, I just uh, listened to a, a podcast recently that I shared with Jendi about. Uh, about how technology is shaping our brain. Believe me, it's worse than you think. It's it's way worse than you think. And truthfully, the, the thing that's worse, the worst part about it is that it blunts your senses so that you cannot hear the Holy Spirit. That's the problem. It's not so much that, you know, it's like, oh, okay, it's not so bad. But anything that keeps you from being able to hear the Holy Spirit is what is what's happening and it's insidious. But instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you ready? Woo, now we're ready. You okay? Okay, so now I don't have to preach because I just did, but I'm gonna I'm gonna talk for just a minute. Today is Pentecost Sunday, most important day ever. Was the day that the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church? A lot of stuff happened that day. We can we can we can talk about it, um, but let me just give you a, just give you a quick picture. And again, this isn't even in my notes on purpose because I was going to talk about something else. But I want to talk about Pentecost from the perspective that that was the day that God changed everything. How do I know? Is because first of all. He poured out His Spirit, and people started speaking in tongues. you're like, speaking in tongues? That sounds terrible. That's the worst thing that's ever happened to a Christian, is a Christian that speaks in tongues. Everybody was going for it there, right? Is everybody okay? It's not the worst thing that can ever happen. It's one of the best things that can ever happen. But why did it happen? was it was a sign from God, and and it wasn't that they were speaking other languages. It doesn't even actually say that. It says that the people that were listening said, I can hear you speaking in my language. I think in that particular case, it wasn't so much them speaking another language. It was the miracle was people were hearing the translation of that in their ears, and they could hear the gospel going forth. Now, why is this important? I've, I've always been challenged by that because you guys remember a little story called the Tower of Babel? What happened in the Tower of Babel? Yeah, that God gave languages to all the people so that they couldn't pay attention together and build something that was not godly. But in one fell swoop, God changed the language or the hearing of all of these people to say, I'm putting it back together so that you guys can collectively now work in the kingdom in a powerful way. Is that excited? And yet, I don't know how many denominations we have now, 30,000 or 40,000 now. We still are speaking the wrong language. We still can't get it together. There's only one language, people. It's the language of the Holy Spirit that says, come on, let's do something for the kingdom of God. OK, another thing that happened there. Uh, so, um, let, let me read real quick to you um, Deuteronomy 16, 9-12. You're going, well, Deuteronomy 16, 9-12, it talks about the day of uh, the, the festival of Pentecost. But this is what it says. It says, I want you to keep seven weeks. So, this is after Passover, so it's 50 days, seven weeks, fulfillment of time, you got it. It says, from the time you begin to put the sickle in the standing grain, then celebrate the festival of weeks to the Lord your God by giving a freewill offering in proportion to the blessings the Lord has given you. So, first thing they, they did was they came with something. What is that? When you come with something, it's called offering. What's another word for offering? What's another one? Worship, worship, worship. It's like, oh, God has done something great for me. What is my response? Yes, Lord, thank you. Anyway, isn't that exciting? I don't know. It, you know, it was a first fruits thing. He wanted them to come and say, and it says right here, I wish it says, a free will offering in proportion to the blessings of the Lord. Woo. Yeah. So they were coming with this. But that's, that, that's, that's a small people. Uh, another thing, and it's not in this, but it's in uh, the, the Exodus. It says that he wanted them to make two loaves of bread with yeast in them. God hates yeast. You read the whole Bible. It's the only spot where he says, put some yeast in there. Why is he doing that? Two loaves. Hmm. A lot of people think it's something. Other people think it's something else. Is there a mystery in there? Yeah, there's a mystery. Because he was, he was saying that even though they're thin, I'm bringing two things together. And what was he bringing together? Jews and Gentiles, everybody. Okay, so this was, here, here's why it's important. On Pentecost, God broke down every single barrier that could possibly happen in the church. How do we know this? Women and men, your old people and your young people, your slaves and your free. In fact, in Deuteronomy, this is what it says. I want your sons and your daughters there. I want your male and your female servants there. I want your Levites there. Why bring the Levites? Nothing worse than bringing a bunch of preachers. is because they're no longer important the way they were before because I'm taking down that you guys, you're the Levites now. You're the priests. You're the pastors. You're it. Okay. So there's no longer any class. The fatherless and the widows and the foreigners. Yowh. So all in one day, God, erases all class, all race, all gender, all religious class, all everything. Is that exciting? huh? And yet, what did we do a couple hundred years later? We put it all back together. Women can't preach in the church. We know that. Young people shouldn't sing on stage. Only old people are important. Certainly, everybody needs to look the same, speak the same language, right? Only holy men should handle the holy text and tell you what is holy, and then you do it. That's not Pentecost, guys. Pentecost is the Holy Spirit is given to every single person. Is that exciting? All right, some of you aren't too excited about that. You're going, oh, that sounds like if I come on Sunday, I'm supposed to work. It is actually true, right? And Paul says, you know, when you guys show up, everybody's supposed to bring something with them. Everybody's supposed to bring a word, prophecy, something you've learned in the Bible this week. You're supposed to be able to share it. Now, we have our sharing time, which is is pretty nice. But what if everybody came and said, you can't preach today? Because we all have something to say, so go sit down. I'm waiting for that day, guys. It can happen, huh? Don't tell me. <laughs> it's got to be from God and good, right? But even I. But I like in First Corinthians. You know, Paul's kind of cool. He's like because he he says that when you prophesy, two or three people should prophesy, and then you know, then it runs out. It's like, what? I have a word from God. <laughs> Sorry, you're gonna have to wait till next week. Hope you're one of those two or three people that we call, right? Isn't it great that you can even stop the Spirit of God in a group? You can tell them to be quiet. <laughs> okay, that's good. Okay, three quick points. Aren't you glad that I'm going like fast here? So, <laughs> I've, I've just missed you. I missed a week, you know, and, and, had, had, and had time to, to reflect on, on these, these scriptures. Okay. So, in Acts chapter 1, right before, preceding this 50th day, the, the disciples get together. Jesus is hanging out with them for 40 days. He leaves them for 10. But right before he leaves, they, they have a little meeting, little get-together, and this is what it says. Uh, It says, uh, they gathered around him and they asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of God? Give us the inside scoop, God. What's happening in the future? I want to know. And Jesus says, it's not for you to know. What? (laughs) Let me ask this a different way. (laughs) When are you coming back? For you to know. Um are you going to do something really spectacular? It's not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Woo! Hold on in here. I'm starting to get Pentecostal. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth. Okay, first thought I wanted to bring here was most of our Christian life, I think, we're asking the wrong questions. What questions do you have? People always, always tell me, you know, when I, when I'm, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God, blank, no you're not. It says in Revelation chapter 4 that the people are around the throne, and they're just falling down and saying, oh, thank you, God. And I'm not sure how many years that lasts, but I know that every time they get up, they fall down again, <laughs> and they're like, I think I'm done. I think, I think this time I'm going to get up and... I'm down again because what we understand about who God is gets magnified greatly, right? Right now, we think that God is this big, we put him in our pocket and say, Oh, I hope God, we have a good day. (laughs) And then when we get sick, we're like, "Ooh, got to enlarge my God (sighs) and say, Well, you're here better take care of this and that was so cool about the god we serve he does like last week i had coronavirus this week i'm dead oh no that's what they told me i was gonna happen no this week i'm still alive uh and i and you know had 102 fever jendy's like just take the Advil. Like, no, no, I will never take the Advil. <laughs> I am hardcore. I am going to suffer with Christ. It's, it's 102. It's okay. I don't care if I'm sweating. I'm gonna make it. Yeah, didn't didn't take I don't take the Advil. <laughs> Eventually I did. I did. I took one right before bedtime. Anyway, where was I? I'm not dead. Because God is gracious to me and to you, and you're not dead. Are you? Okay, you're okay. (laughs) Where was I? Okay, so we asked the wrong questions. Why am I sitting here preaching? So here's some questions we have. When, Lord, are you going to do this? Right? And he says, it's not for you to know. And what if I never do? I hate that. I read in Hebrews. And it says, and these people were still waiting for the promises when they died. What? <laughs> that can't be right. I thought all the promises of God are yes and amen today. Oh, no, no, they're not. Because you're going to see the promise when you're falling before the throne there for the first billion years. Okay. Another question. Why? Why? When was the last time you asked God why? Why? why me? Why so long? Why not now? You of me? You okay? Okay. So these guys were asking the wrong question and Jesus didn't answer them. He says, well, you know, you don't, it's it's not for you to know. God's got his own timetable. Instead, this is what he wanted us to remember. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now, One of my biggest challenges in my life, personally and corporately, is powerless Christianity. Uh Uh-oh. Shall we go home? Make this part 16. Sometimes I feel powerless. And I ask myself, why am I not experiencing the full power of God in my life? And then I have to track myself a little bit. I like what Beth likes to say. How do I know what she likes to say? Because she said it last week. Sometimes we have sin in our lives. <laughs> Can I say that honestly? How many here have any sin in your life? <laughs> Anybody? Okay. I mean, we've conf- I mean there's, there, there's all kinds of insidiousness within us, isn't there? And just when you think you have no sin... The sin of pride comes and takes over and says, man, I am the best Christian that I know. I'm also the most deceived person I know. (laughs) (laughs) Never get there. But when the Holy Spirit is waning in your life and you need to feel the power of God again, you gots to check your sin meter and say, Lord, where am I sinning? Where am I not obeying you? I understand what the Lord's will is, and I'm still not doing it. Yet, I want to experience all your power. See, it seems like the normal Christian life for these guys was being filled with the Spirit and then getting on with it. Because the rest of the book of Acts is about them getting on with it. And I think we live in this evil day, And we need the full power of God, don't we? Now, there's a way to get filled again. You ready for it? How many want to get filled with the Holy Spirit again? I mean, like, full, full. Like, full. Okay, here's how you do it. You get out of your comfort zone. Whatever that might be. Now, some of us are off to Guatemala. And I'm thinking to myself almost every day, why am I going? Because <laughs> every time it's the same wave of angst that is is splashing over me. and I, And it's because I don't know what's in front of me. But I do know that the Holy Spirit will fill me as I'm going and as I'm there. Right? Because... Getting out of our comfort zone, taking the opportunities that God puts before us, is when we get filled. The Holy Spirit doesn't need to fill us if we're not going to do anything. Does He? It's like, oh yeah, I'm fine. I'm not going to do anything anyway, Lord. So it's okay if I'm spiritless. But the Holy Spirit was given to us on purpose because He wanted us to step out of our comfort zone. So how can we do that? Last week, I watched Beth and Santiago just do that. It's like, hey, can you guys speak this week? No. <laughs> but then what happened? Yeah, and it was amazing. And the Holy Spirit filled them because that's when they needed it. <laughs> They're like, oh, we're in trouble here. And God filled them. So I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, which means that I have to step out of my comfort zone. I have to do things that are not normal for me. And the, whole, and the Christian life is supposed to be that way. Not all the time, because then you'd be like some of my friends. They get a little weird because they're always full. I was thinking, I had my, my best man, I always, used to talk about him a lot, my friend Paul. Uh, he was crazy because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And wherever he went, he's like, here's a good opportunity to share Jesus with a stranger. And it it didn't matter. One of the guys that he led to the Lord, uh, he was eating a piece of pizza, and this guy passed him. And he had his mouth full of pizza. Pizza my heart back in the day. And he's like, And the guy stopped, and he's like, what? (laughs) bad plan. So after Paul swallowed, he said, do you know Jesus? <laughs> and the guy, he told me later because he came to Christ that day and he said, I was just so taken aback by the weirdness of the situation <laughs> that I had to stop and hear what this guy had to say. Do You think Paul was full of the Holy Spirit at that moment? Totally. Do you think he saved <laughs> my other friend? Yes because he took the opportunity. So here's a, good, here's a good way to get filled with the Spirit. And you will be my witnesses. Now, I like just being a witness. You know what that means? Just living a good life before Jesus and then interacting with the world and have everybody see, man, that guy's just like Jesus. How do you know? Because he's living like Jesus. I'm just a witness. But a witness that never testifies... Probably not a great witness. I'm a silent witness. I saw the accident, but there's no such thing as a silent witness. Are you guys okay? So one of the ways that we're filled with the Spirit, and I'll start ending with this, is we share our testimony. What have we seen? What has God done? What is he doing? What's he going to do? with other people. We can start here, because you know the Lord's working in your life right now. Did you know that? I mean, Richard was telling us. (laughs) My brain was on hyperdrive, and I was thinking bad thoughts, and the Holy Spirit filled me and said, stop that. You're my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Why are you acting like something other? And that's so true for all of us. So, with that, it's Pentecost Day. How many would like to be filled with the Spirit today? How many like a refilling of the Spirit? A real, real, real refilling, not just one of those fake, like I went to church and the Holy Spirit. Now you're thinking, oh no, what's going to happen? Same thing that always happens. When we ask the Lord, it's a gift. And this this verse in Ephesians uh, the, the way it's contracted in the Greek, it says, instead, continually be filled with the Holy Spirit because we need His continual filling. We have communion. So this will be a perfect opportunity for us. Because it's because Jesus died and rose again and then ascended. That he sent the Holy Spirit to us without the ground of the true gospel. Let's go ahead and we'll pass them out. So this is what I would like us to do we're gonna pray. Here's what we're going to pray. We're going to pray that God will give us an opportunity this week that actually put us in a place where we have to be filled with the Spirit in order to share something good with others. Now, even right now, walk um, on. Thank you. Gotcha. Uh, Even right now, some would be uncomfortable to even sharing something with another person. Remember, I said comfort zone is the thing that keeps us from the Holy Spirit being filled, filling us. Um, maybe you do have some business. Maybe you need to forgive someone. that happens. You want to get filled with the Holy Spirit? Forgive someone from your heart like Jesus did. That'll fill you up pretty fast. Share the good news with someone. That'll fill you up pretty fast. Pray for someone who's hurting. That'll fill you up pretty fast. Pray with someone who's really sick. And come to the end of yourself and say, Lord, I got nothing. And have the Holy Spirit say, good, you ain't me. Isn't it nice that we don't have to be you know, human Christians, I mean, in in the manner that we have the Holy Spirit working in us. Gosh, it would be very difficult to do what God wants us to do if it's all about us. So with that, are you guys ready? Dangerous prayer. All right, let's pray it. Thank you, Lord, that you've called each and every single one of us to be filled with your Holy Spirit. Paul commands us, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Lord, all of us could confess that we're not experiencing you living your life through us at the dimension that you have called us to, and what we read in in the Bible. That the people of God, filled with the Holy Spirit, are able to do great things for you. And so, Lord, right now we open our heart to the gift of your work, your Holy Spirit coursing through us. May you give us a renewed Pentecost Lord, put us in a place where we'll be outside of our comfort zone this week in which we can be a witness to your life and your love. Lord, we're going to have our eyes open to this opportunity. Okay. So Jesus, the reason we can do this is because his body was broken for us. that Jesus, before he, he left, he says, I'm going to send another one to you. He's going to be an a comforter, an empowerer, and he's going to be working in the earth all around you. You just have to be aware of what he's doing and participate. So as we take this bread this morning, let's thank God that he's called us, each and every one of us, to be filled with his spirit, and to be agents in the earth for His glory. Let's go ahead and take the bread this morning. Lord, as we come to the cup, we know it's a cup of blessing. It's a cup of grace for us. Lord, that even when we talk about the Holy Spirit, it sounds like, oh, I've got to do something. But our whole life is a life of grace. What we do is just say yes, Lord, and yield to that which you're asking us to be part of. And so this week, Lord, fill us as we, just like this cup uh, pours into our life, fill us with your Spirit that we would glorify you with our whole lives. In Jesus' name. Let's go ahead and take the cup this morning. Thank you, Lord. Amen. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. May that be in us. Amen. Well, thank you. Yes. Yes, we can. We're going to sign off online, and then we're going to take some time to do that. All right.